unless you've been living under a rock that was thrown down the deepest hole located in the most remote island placed in the most isolated areas in our nightmare inducing oceans then you know that dragons are literally in everything that we consume whether it be games like Dungeons and Dragons, the Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game, and Skyrim movies like The Hobbit, Dragonheart, and How to Train Your Dragon, and music from Dragon Force to Queen's Dragon Attack to Dio's Killing the Dragon. But did you know that dragons have also been a huge part of our world's mythologies? Dragons are found in literally everything from entertainment to mythology and literature to many of our world civilizations. Sometimes they take the form of a flying reptile, while other times they are flying serpents breathing fire. They're usually friendly creatures, like think of Falcor from The NeverEnding Story, but they have been known to also be the source of evil. You guys can check out our Instagram, Weird History, here tells Pod, to see one religion's version of this evil dragon. So the idea of a flying, fire-breathing serpent has literally been found all over the world. In some places, they are the foundation for many traditions. For example, in England alone, there are over 70 towns and villages where a dragon is a huge part of their local folklore, while in China, they are considered to be the ancestors of their emperors. So folks, sit back and enjoy as we begin to talk about the myths and history of dragons. I'm not, and I'm just. <laughs> and then I'm talking. <laughs> no, but wait, wait! I have something for him. Boom! Shut down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast. Concentrate on the news. It's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong. She pulls up. <laughs> Poof. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History Retails Podcast. I'm your host, Moses Sorry, and with me to my left is Achi. Yo, yo. And with me to my right is my brother, Josh. Yo, what's good? And if we sound a little bummed, that is because we had, we were like 20 minutes into the episode. Bummed as fuck. And for whatever reason, this shit just did not fucking record. So here is us giving it another shot. That's you, fucking annoying, but dude. You, you know what? I actually like it better because I actually got introduced in this in this. You did. Part you did compared to oh, the and, first. And one. on my fuck ups. Yeah, correct. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, yeah. So today we're gonna be talking about fucking dragons. You know what I mean? Huh. Dragons. <laughs> dragons. Huh? <laughs> dragons. Dragons. So before I jump into my segment, what is that, Dick? <laughs> Before we jump into my segment on how dragons are perceived between European style uh, or in European cultures versus in uh, Eastern cultures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I want to give you guys and our listeners a quick little quiz on how well do you know your dragon types in Pokemon. Oh, shit. Who's that Pokemon? Pop quiz. The game is real simple. I'll give you the name of the Pokemon as well as some details about them. And you tell me, is this considered a dragon type or not? And in the show, for those who have seen the classic Pokemon show at the end, they say, who's that Pokemon? Well, this is called What's That Pokemon? Yes, Josh, that is a picture of a dick. Mm, it has to be. If you guys want to see what Pokemon Archie was talking about, you have to go to our Instagram, Weird History, Eerie Tales Pod. 
Will that get flagged on IG? Oh, I'm not posting that. <laughs> Why not? We're posting it. We'll post we it. have to. Guess what? I mean, what's that Pokemon? Uh, we got to put... It's Kakamon. Some- <laughs> <laughs> evolved to Kakasaur. We got to... We get- you know how there's some fucking, like, um, like, versions of this? Where, like, you just see something, and you're like, oh, that's easy Pikachu. And then, like, it pops up some weird-ass <laughs> shit. shit. <laughs> the yeah. guy's oh, like, like, fuck! Who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu! It's Fuck! If you're not a fan of Pokemon or just want to get straight into the Dragon episode, please fast forward to the 19th minute and the 50th second mark. Otherwise, test yourself and see if you know your Dragon-type Pokemon. All right, the first one, you know, it, we're starting off really, really easy. We got number one, which is Dragonite from 148 in Gen 1. And its description from the Pokedex is this. It's a kind-hearted Pokemon. And if it spots a drowning person or a Pokemon, Dragonite simply must help them. Mm-hmm. So, Dragonite, was this considered a Dragon-type? Yes or no? Josh? Yes. Moses? I'm going to say yes because it has Dragon in its name. Of course. Hmm. And if you look familiar. at it, you'll probably see like, duh. Yes, yeah. it is in fact a dragon type Pokemon. It's that one derpy looking dragon with the tiny wings. Dude, he is derpy. He's he is really derpy, but I'm not going to say nothing. He's derpy. He's cute he's as strong fuck, as bro. fuck, bro. But I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not going to say nothing because he's out here representing for the big boys. That's true. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. He is a beefy Pokemon. He He's happy to be beefy. He's like, oh no, I hope I don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> Now fuck you up with the hyper beam. Fuck, bro. Macaroni cheese with the chicken strips. You're making me hungry <laughs> over here. Ugh. For number two, we got okay. Charizard. This is number six. Mm-hmm. This is from Gen 1. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners know Charizard, especially if you're into card games and stuff. Because <laughs> this fucker is worth a shit time. Oh, I, fuck ton of money. Ridiculous. Uh, what's up? What's up? I'll ask, ask the question after Achi's question. All right. So... The description is, it spits fire that is hot enough that it melts boulders and it may cause forest fires by just simply blowing flames. Now, is this Charizard considered a Dragon-type Pokemon, yes or no? Josh. Uh, sadly, it's a hard no. Moses. Angry. It's a, this is an angry no. And then, yes, all our other Pokemon fans are also saying, why not? Cause, it is yeah, because Charizard, he is the epitome of a fucking dragon. He even has the Bro, he's got dragon wings, ears. He's got the he has ears, everything. He's got the fucking claws. But here's, here's my question. What were you saying? Has Charizard now, because of the trading card game, mm-hmm. has he overpassed Pikachu as Pokemon's unofficial mascot? Because officially, it's forever going to be Pikachu. Oh, yeah. For, for Officially, it's always going to be Pikachu. 100%. But to fans and like people outside, is Charizard now the face of Pokemon? Nah, I, don't, I no, no. Because I feel like if you still if you still call like ask someone like if you show them a picture of Pikachu and Charizard and you ask them who are they, I still feel like there's way more people who will say Pikachu and easily spot Pikachu. You're right, all right. Maybe for the card but game because he's for the he's, card game. Yeah, he's always, he's, he's, gonna be, he's always the chase. Yeah, Bro. so maybe like, no, on that no gonna be looking category, freaking Pikachu. I mean, some yeah. yeah I mean, there are some but like, Pikachu, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, Charizard. But right now, everyone's mm-hmm. looking for that Charizard. Now, number three, we have Alolan Executor. <coughs> 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 
this is where we start thinking like po- Pokemon creators. What are y'all thinking? How high this is motherfuckers? Very. This that makes Tokmakon. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. This is number 103 in the Pokedex. Originally came out in Gen 1, but the Alolan version of Executor is from Gen 7. And its description is, Its blazing sunlight has brought out the true form and powers of this Pokemon. Hmm. So if you're wondering what does a Alolan Executor look like, it looks like an Executor with an elongated neck and a tail. It's a cute-ass palm tree. It's a palm tree. It's, a palm tree. it's literally... It says what the blazing sunlight has brought out the true form this is what it looks like and man. powers of yeah. this Pokemon. Yeah. True form. It makes sense. That's stupid. It makes yeah. sense because in Gen One he was just a whole ass grass poison. No yeah. grass. grass. Grass poison. No, that, that, that was execute. Oh yeah, execute yeah, yeah, was yeah, poison. Yeah, yeah, but now it's true form, and I'm gonna say yes, he is a dragon. Okay. Josh. Yeah. Yeah, he's a. F- Fucking dragon. Yeah. This is, in fact, a dragon type. How the f- How is Charizard not a dragon? But a lowly executor is a dragon. Mm. Number four, we have Aerodactyl. This mm. is number 142 from the Pokedex mm. from Gen 1. And its uh, description is, This is a ferocious Pokemon from ancient times. Apparently, even modern technology is incapable of producing a perfectly restored specimen. Is Aerodactyl a dragon? Yes or no? Josue. <sighs> Sadly, it's not. Well, it's not, and it's the first. I want. I, I want to say, and you guys could, and you guys could, could kicking the balls. I was correct what? me if I'm wrong. Oh, kick who in the ball? I who thought, kicking thought, the balls? I thought I was here. Yeah, oh, cor- so. c- correct me. Oh, okay, not <laughs> kick me. <laughs> kick you in the balls? <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> I, I like where you're going, bro. But bust his balls, bro. But I think Toriko bust your balls. is the first ridiculous dual type Pokemon. Dual, dual type, rock yeah. and flying. Where he's rock yeah. flying. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, why is it ridiculous? You don't like the rock and flying combo? Well, how, how are you going to be weak against yourself? Shit. Are we our own weakness? Uh, oh. Uh, macaroni. What the shit? All right, carry on. <laughs> so, yes, correct. As Josh and Moses has said, this is not a dragon-type Pokemon. Again, even though it looks like a dragon. Hmm. For number five, we have Rayquaza. Hell yeah. This is number 384 from Gen 3. It's a legendary Pokemon. And the description is, Rayquaza is said to have lived for hundreds of millions of years. Legends remain of how it put to rest the clash between Kyogre and Groudon. So is Rayquaza a dragon type? Yes or no? That's a hard yes. That's a yes. And yes, this is in fact a dragon type. This is most resembled like the Asian type dragons where mm-hmm. they're wingless and they usually have like either two legs or four. I think I think this was the gen where they went more Chinese traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had like, yeah, yeah. that samurais in this in this game, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah all right. There's a, there's a lot more like Chinese like mythology. Tra- tra- yeah, yeah. Well, you got to integrate into it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Did they, they have a theme to it. Yeah, each 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 game has its own yeah. theme. Yeah. Um, did you guys in each game, Pokemon X? Oh, which is the last Pokemon that came out? Is X and Y, right? The last Pokemon that came out. The last Pokemon game. Was it, it Sword, Sword and Shield? Shield? All right, there you go. Sword yeah. and Shield. Outside of Sword and Shield, I've rarely, after the Elite Four, I've rarely gone out and 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 caught legendary Pokemon. Yeah. Did, did you guys always when you guys played? Did you guys always go oh, to yeah. the area and caught the caught oh, all yeah. legendaries? Yeah, hundred percent. I've never done it. That was my main mission. Yeah. I, I never really cared for legendaries. I, I, so just because I never used them. I'm just like, I'm, I, they're never in my team. For 
No, but just because the only game I completed was Sapphire, and in order to catch Latios and Latias, I think, yeah. um, you always needed a Pokemon that had Mean Look. When you use Mean Look, they can't run away. They can't they run run away. away. Yeah. So, I always had one Pokemon. I think it was my gank. No, I forgot who I had that had Mean Look. Because I'm so oh, yeah. I'm, you know how frustrating it was to find these legendary Pokemon back then. I'm so close to completing Sword and Shield, you know, but somebody. Yeah, but somebody's fucking it up, huh? Yeah. I wonder I'm who missing, it is. I'm missing like seven Pokemon. I wonder who, I wonder who it is, huh? I wonder who yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for number six, we have Kingdra. This is number two thirty, and it's also from Gen Two. Mm. And this Pokemon, its description is: with the arrival of the storm. At sea, this Pokemon will show itself on the surface, and when Kingdra and Dragonite meet, a fierce battle ensues. Which is kind of strange now that I think about it, because the description for Dragonite is it's a friendly Pokemon. But it meets a human. Oh no, po- when Pokemon Pokemon or, or humans are drowning in the, in the water, he'll save them. Alright, but they must be drowning. But he was a, no, I know, but like the description was he's a kindly hearted Pokemon. I mean, just because you kind of mean you're a bitch. If he sees Kingdra, yeah. it's on sight, son. It's on Green sight. light, motherfucker. Bah, bah, bah. Five seconds. No, what is it? Five second bomb? Five seconds. It would do two. But yes, he's a dragon. I, I think he's a dragon. So, Moses says he's a dragon. Josue? Yeah, it's a dragon. It's a fat ass This dragon. is Fuck. a pretty plump looking dragon. Plump? Look at his belly. No plump. Alright. 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 I was like, hold up, bro. Hold up, bro. Are you sexualizing Kingdra, bro? No. <laughs> That's not a question you ask, but all right. Moving on to now number seven. We oh, have shit. Gyarados. Oh, shit. This is number 130 from Gen 1. It is extremely aggressive in nature, and the hyper beam that it shoots from its mouth can totally incinerate all of its targets. Mm. Is Gyarados considered a dragon? Yes or no? Josue. <laughs> it's not. I'm going to take some of the answer that I said last time. Yeah. And I... I Last time I said yes. That's because fucking Dragon Rage confused me, man. Bro. <laughs> I mean, he's never been on it. He's never been. I never used. Because he has Dragon Moves, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he learned the Dragon Moves. Yeah. yeah. He learned the Dragon Moves. You catch him at the fucking lake. Oh, wait. I was going to say Lake of Rage, but that's nothing to do with Dragons. Never mind. Yeah. But, yeah, Dragon Rage kind of threw me because I've never really had Gyarados on my team. Yeah. And if I did, it was just for Surf. Uh-huh. So I never really used him as like as a main staple yeah. Yeah. in my team. So I, so that's why that's why I said yes. If but, you. If you had a chance to have a real life Gyarados, would it be red or this one? Red. Real life. It'll be red. red. No, red. Mine, mine's will be blue. Red. Yeah. I'll stick with the blue. Okay. Because the reason he's blue is because he, he's, he's the same hue as the water. Yeah. So you're not supposed to see him. That's Captain scary, Flash. bro. I'll fucking, I'll get a red Gyarados and just freaking dye my pool blue red. <laughs> so that way you can't see me. Motherfucker, you gonna fit in your pool, motherfucker? <laughs> the fuck? Have, have you seen him in the games? Like, sometimes he's like in a little fucking pond. Like how the fuck is Gyarados right here? Well, that's a game, stupid. We're talking it's about real life. <laughs> they show him in the yeah, they show him in the pond. That's because his neck is out, but he's like fucking his body's done like four circles <laughs> on the pond. Like a fucking turd. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't moving nowhere. He's, he's he's supposed to be like thirty feet long. Yeah, it's fucking giant. For number eight, we have another serpent-like looking Pokemon. This is Melodic. It's number three fifty. It's from Gen. Three. That sounds so wrong to me. It sounds weird, but that's the way it it's is. Because I've always pronounced it Milotic. I don't know why. Because I'm an idiot. And it sounds like more. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's an ugly name for being such a pretty, a pretty, for for being the pretty Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. Pokemon. And then uh, Malatech has provided inspiration to many artists, and it has been revered as the most beautiful Pokemon of all. Is Melodic 
A dragon type? Yes. Or no? No. 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 Just way. No. It's no. hard now. No. This is not a dragon type Pokemon, even though it looks like a dragon. Doesn't, doesn't, um, how do you pronounce it? Melodic. Melodic. Doesn't she look like the alien baby from the first Men in Black? Remember when the alien baby? Yeah, remember the little octopus baby that 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 Will Smith and the oh, other fool stop yeah. the little baby that spits on him, the one with the black eyes. Oh. Does, does, doesn't look look like him. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I don't remember I'll show you after the episode. Yeah. So I'm saying no, Moses. <laughs> Just because I don't remember. For number nine, we have a very interesting, interestingly named Pokemon called Guzzlord. A Jizzlord. It's number seven hundred ninety nine from Gen seven. Mm. As description is, although it's alien to this world and a danger here, it's apparently a common organism in the world where it normally lives. Josue, is this a dragon type Pokemon? Yes or no? Uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Josue said no the first time. So, bro, what do you mean? We got no proof on that, motherfucker. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, son? He's right. We literally have no proof. <laughs> we got no proof, son. <laughs> So, with confidence, I would say, I know this Pokemon very fucking well. And yes, it's a dragon. Obviously. Moses? It's a dragon. Yeah. And this is, in fact, a dragon. The first time I seen him, I thought he was a... a, a what are those forms called when, when they get super huge? The what? Uh, like Dynamax, right? Dynamax, yeah. I thought it was a Dynamax form of, of, of Kingler. Oh. Loki? Just because of the pincers. Yeah, Loki, yeah. the color scheme on that looks sick as fuck. I've always been a fan of black uh, and gold. Hence, yeah. hence the oh, he's black? Requisite. I thought he was purple. Wait, is he a legendary? No. Well, you guys played Gen 7, right? No. Because I didn't play Gen 7. I haven't played Gen no, 7. No. Which is Gen 7? What gen are we in? <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate it when people... eight? I hate it when people... Well, I hate it when, well, yeah, I played Gen 4. Is that Sapphire? What the fuck is Gen 4? Like, don't give I me mean, that I mean, it was easier before. Bullshit. And then fucking Sword and Shield just fucked it up with... Here's just every fucking Pokemon. <laughs> So I don't even know if, if, if Sword and Shield is considered. Okay, so Gen 7 is Sun and Moon. All right, let's finish it off. The last one, we have Lugia. This is number 249 from Gen 2. Legendary Pokemon, Lugia's wings pack a devastating power. A light fluttering of its wings can blow apart regular houses. And as a result, the Pokemon chooses to live out of sight deep under the sea. So what? is this a dragon type? Yes or no? Moses? No. No. Josue? No. <laughs> this is not... Um, like I mentioned in our last time we started recording this, <laughs> there's a mini documentary on Lugia. You guys should go watch it where the creator, he admits to being on a huge drug and alcohol induced binge when creating Pokemon, Pokemon 2000 and creating the TV show mm-hmm. that he was just so fucking whacked out of his mind that he created that when, when he created Lugia. Yeah. And it's a fucking fascinating story. It's on YouTube. You guys should go check it out. Check it out. Uh, and Gen 4 is um, Diamond Pearl. That's oh, Pearl. that's right. Yeah. I don't want to say black and white, but yeah. Diamond Pearl. I think it was the last. You played that one, right? Diamond and Pearl? I don't remember anymore. I think it was the last like Pokemon that I took seriously. Pokemon game I took seriously until like freaking Sword and Shield. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I was just like, these Pokemon look ridiculous. I'm done. But anyways, now jumping into the actual dragon segment. So you've probably heard of the theory. Damn shit! I forgot we're talking about dragons, bro. Yeah, I thought this bro. was a Pokemon episode, son. Also, if you also if you guys were wondering what what the fuck we were talking about, you guys can go on our Instagram, Weird History, Weird Tales Pod, where you guys can check out all of these Pokemon and you try to guess 
Is there dragons or not? Yeah. So you probably heard of, of the theory that we're all products of our environment. And when it comes to cultural backgrounds, it is obviously no difference. A lot of our traditions, beliefs, and ultimately our way of thinking is heavily influenced on our upbringing and cultural identity, which is why when you think of dragons, we really don't have a specific dragon that comes to mind. And after careful research and consideration, and because I'm also not trying to have you guys sit for hours of me rambling on on every single specific type of dragon across all cultures, I'm going to go ahead and generalize my segment of the dragons into two main categories. Asian Eastern dragons. Okay. And Western European dragons. And of course, like I said, there's a ton of different types, but these are by far the most common of the bunch. So what are some of the major differences between the two? Well, for starters, let's take a look at their appearance. Generally, Asian dragons are said to have a more serpent-like characteristics uh, with them that include also having four legs and without wings. Sometimes they have two. European dragons are said to look more like reptiles and also have four legs, but they also include having wings much like a bat. Fun fact, if you're thinking about a dragon that walks on two legs and has wings for arms, apparently it's not considered a dragon, but a wyvern. And uh, true diehards will argue with you, stating that they are completely different species. They probably are Pokemon creators themselves, TBH. With all the fucking confusion. And as far as location goes, Asian dragons are said to live in the ocean, sometimes in the skies, in the rivers, are most grouped with the element of water. While European dragons are said to live mostly in caves and are grouped with the element of fire. And on that note, European dragons are said to have the ability to shoot flames from their mouth or poison while Asian dragons cannot. The final difference, and I think is the most significant besides their appearance, is how these type of dragons are perceived. European dragons are seen as the hero's antagonists. They are the arch nemesis and are generally monsters that should be killed in order to restore peace or reach a hidden treasure. For Asian dragons, they're seen in a totally different light. Asian dragons are seen as representatives of nature, protectors, they signify power, wisdom, and good luck and good fortune. A lot of these dragons are per- uh, were perceived uh, this way in this manner due to the religion and the worship of these creatures. So now I'm going to go ahead and talk about specific dragons, three main specific ones that I, I research in that are considered European dragons, okay. and three specific ones that I research that are considered Asian dragons. So... Just to, for if in case anybody's confused, when we're talking about Western dragons, we're talking about Game of Thrones, we're yeah. talking about Dragonheart, mm-hmm. and when we're talking about Eastern Asian dragons, we're talking about the ones you see during the Chinese festivals, yeah. the ones where it has no wings, like big, serpent-like. serpent-like. Um, like if you guys are Pokemon fans, if not, look up Gyarados. Yeah. Gyarados, the Pokemon, is a perfect, perfect personification that, that, that's like a perfect version of a chinese dragon mm-hmm. it's wingless but it's still somehow flies mm-hmm. but gyarados isn't a fucking dragon yeah mm. of course of course even though it knows dragon all right so the starting off the european dragon segment we have apophis and this is an egyptian dragon oh shit and the first dragon i'll be talking about of course is one of the most ancient of them all in my segment 
and has birth has birth from ancient Egypt. Apophis is described as terrifying and ugly, and in any combination of a giant snake with a crocodile head or a human head, whose mouth is as large enough that it can easily swallow a person in one gulp. The people of ancient Egypt blame Apophis for all of its bad that has come their way and any natural disasters that has happened in the town. And this dragon is coined as the enemy of the sun and the ruler of the underworld. Apophis is the arch enemy of the god of the sun known as Ra. And the tale about of Apophis goes like this. As the sun begins to set westward, the god Ra plunges into the underworld where Apophis and its army awaits. The, the, god Apoph- or, or the, the dragon Apophis has one goal and one goal only, to kill the sun, the, the sun god Ra and to plunge the land into complete darkness so that his army can wreak havoc on earth. Thankfully, Ra was always accompanied on his boat with his own soldiers and fellow gods as well. The dragon was almost immediately killed off, and peace was regained once again for the sun to emerge the next day. However, the next night when Ra and his deities journeyed through the underworld once more, there was Apophis yet again, completely unharmed without a single scratch. He was like, I ain't going nowhere. And then Ra decided, you know what? survived before but this time i'll make sure you're dead dead so he slices the beat the beast into tons and tons of millions of tiny pieces where he was rightfully assured that he that apophis was completely dead but once again the very next night apophis was ready for him and this went on for always and eternity, because as long as the sun sets and Ra returns to the underworld, Apophis will be there awaiting him until he can gain complete control of darkness on Earth. People don't forget. So basically the theory or, or the, the, the um the myth with this is that <clears throat> Ra is the sun. And Apophis is nighttime. And so in order for us to gain, you know, the sun again, he needs to kill off this beast every single night in order for the sun to rise again. And that's how we get the sun. Uh, yeah. And so he can never die. Why'd you go through a turn again? Nowhere. you ass beat every bah, single bah, day. Bah, bah. And everyone's happy for it. Oh, bro. All he wants is a dub, bro. He, just he wants, wants a dub with dub. the boys, bro, and he can't get it. No. I feel his pain, bro. <laughs> Shout out to my two buddies I play with. Raul and Adrian. <laughs> you guys are all apophis? But, man, we get <laughs> L's like no other. Ooh, bro. We love L's, bro. We love L's. We take them L's. Good. <laughs> anyway, carry on, bro. Carry on. The next Euro- uh, <laughs> European dragon we have is called Zenmi Gornish. And because of how popularized dragons have become in the arts and media, if you know, first of all, Godzilla vs. King Kong, pretty hyped for that movie. Moses is going to see it right after the show. I'm going to see it after the show, yeah. 
So for those Godzilla fans, you guys know Godzilla's arch nemesis. Or I consider him his arch, arch nemesis. Hydra. The three-headed dragon. Mm-mm-mm. I was like, where are you going with this? I'm like, I don't think Godzilla's a dragon. <laughs> what is Godzilla? Just a fucking fat reptile? Yeah, looks like, right? Right? Crocodile on, on his limbs. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, boy. So if you know Ga- H- Hydra... Hi- well, Hell Hydra? Hi- Hell Hydra. Shut the Hydra was up. inspired, actually, by this, or I believe, Hydra was inspired by this Slavic slash Russian dragon by the name of Zemi Gornich, which translates to Snake of the Mountains. Mm. And this is a three-headed dragon that breathes fire. It's also said to have seven tails, a sharp copper-colored claws, copper-colored claws, and like many of its European cousins, also has wings and, like I said, breathes fire. So the story of the dragon goes like this. An epic hero by the name of Debrina Nikic came face to face with his three-headed dragon and hits the dragon once. Then Zemi then speaks and begs for mercy. The hero, as kind-natured as he was, released the dragon from the fate of its sword. The dragon went, psych, and kidnaps the princess, forcing Debronia to fight Zemi once again. This was an epic fight to death that lasted a total of three days and three nights. Why so long, you might ask? Well, because according to this folklore, the terrible Zenmi can only be killed if all three of its heads are decapitated. But at last, the hero reigned victory by the end of the third night. So even if he chopped one head, still alive and kicking, two heads, still alive and kicking, and not until you decapitate all of his three heads is it able to finally die. Damn. How, how does Hercules take out Hydra? With a rock, right? No, that's how he unleashes it. I don't remember. Forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the movie. I'm not thinking of the legend. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> was it, which one? <laughs> Go on. Sorry, my bad. But um, we'll just mention that a lot of these dragons are like really popularized in Europe. Yeah, to the point that like n- not only is there like folklore talk about all this, but there's actually like monuments and statues and all that stuff. Like, check this out, dude. There's a, this is a statue of the Zemi Gornridge over at a, like a park. Like, think of it like Pan Park. This is what's there. That's fucking epic. That's bro. epic as shit, dude. We got monuments of racist generals that fought in World War One. These motherfuckers have dragons. They have dragons, bro. Fuck, man. Over in Russia. That's, that's a Russian dragon? That's a Russian dragon. That's a whole different level of dragon. Imagine if it's a Siberian dragon. And the last dragon that we have here is called the Linworm. The what? Linwood? Linwood? Linworm. Linbird? Linworms are more of a generic type of dragon that originated from Germany. But it's said to have myths about it all over Northern Europe. So you have all these different ver- variations of the limb Okay, 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 okay. The characteristics and the tall tales revolving around the limb vary from region to region, of course. They're described to resemble the, the wyvern dragon, which which sometimes has wings, sometimes has no, doesn't have any wings, sometimes has two legs, four legs. But one characteristic that's specific to this limb is that they're extremely large snake-like creatures with a deadly poisonous bite. And no matter how you spin the tail, the creature's main purpose is to terrorize local towns and villages and usually offered uh, livestock like cows to keep the creatures at bay. 
and this is one mean, evil son of a bitch. There's a really cool tell that that I read up online on that some guy was like talking about on YouTube. <clears throat> yeah. Basically, the tell is uh, there's, there's a kingdom. Pr- you know, the the princess gives birth, um, or is trying to give birth, but no luck. And so what he does is talks to like a, a local witch or something like that, uh-huh. or, or like a like, not like a witch, but like lady who does magic, not 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 evil, not considered evil. I mean, witches are not hey. witches aren't necessarily yeah, evil. Yeah. But go on, Plus, yeah, witch spellcaster, whatever. Right. And so, um, lets her know. Okay, in order for you to have a baby, I need you to go ahead and you know get this cup. And you're gonna go ahead and say what you want to this cup. Go out to the back, and you're gonna go ahead and flip the cup under in soil. The very next morning, when you, when you flip the cup over, you're gonna see two flowers: a red flower and a white flower. You're gonna go ahead and eat the white flower, not the red flower. What do you think this bitch does? Eats the red. She definitely eats the red flower, and so she eats the red flower, and you know, nine months later, starts giving birth. Yay! She got her baby, and so she gives birth. Baby comes out, completely healthy. Oh, okay, cool. But then after that, a freaking snake comes out of the lady. Yeah, and so the freaking. The 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 person that was uh the the servant that was in charge of you know helping the 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 princess giving birth gets the snake and just whips it out and throws it in the forest. Unknowingly, that snake is actually a linworm, and so it was out in the forest. And the 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 newborn baby grows up, becomes a strong, handsome man, you know, and is getting ready to to marry himself, like or get married. Oh, I was a hold up, hold up. Yeah. He's marrying himself, bro. Yeah. You could do that. So he's trying to get married, trying to find a lady, and so you know he's going around, going to the forest, and like, and and I guess going to the next town to 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 find his uh, his future spouse, and the limber comes up, and it says, "The firstborn brother should marry first. telling him like. Chilla, bro. You can't, you can't marry. I'm gonna marry her. You're not gonna marry her. And so it becomes this whole battle. Oh, of they like, eyeing the same chick. Yeah, that snake. That snake. Literally, <laughs> that fucking snake. Yeah. But it's a okay. really cool tell. It's like this whole like ten minute thing. Yeah, check it out. It's cool. Sounds Little whack. Little word. That <laughs> <laughs> just came right. Sounds sick as fuck. <laughs> Damn, got him. The, 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 the fucking dragon talks like a snake. That's my ass. <laughs> fuck. What is this fucking what, uh, Harry, Potter? Harry Potter Chamber Secrets? Bitch How does the dude sound? Sounds like that. Forrest Gump? <laughs> sound like Simple Jack. Simple Jack? Don't do it. Don't do it. Shut the... Uh, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. So basically, European dragons are, you know, they're they're, they're the, basically like the evil type. Yeah, they're, they're bas- badass. A perfect embodiment of the European dragon is... Um. Um. Oh my God! I forgot his name from the Hobbit. Um. The dragon. The stealing everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I forgot. Oh my God! I forgot the name of the fucking dragon from the Hobbit. Gotta, bro, bro just say Alduin. Alduin, the world eater. Bro. You got to gotta, gotta rewatch. Uh, fucking four hours, ten hours of of Lord of the Rings. You'll get your answer. No, not Lord of the Rings. Not oh, the, the Hobbit. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. That's when they have to go back into the mountains and take the gold, the thing from the jewel from the dragon. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. 
Yeah. That's a Western uh, European dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's go ahead and take a look into our three Asian type dragons. So the first one Smog. is. Smog, right? Oh, Smog. There you go. Hey. Think of Smog. 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 The homie Smog, bro. I don't know. I think Alduin looks, I think, better. Fuck Alduin. Man, Alduin's a shit, bro. Yeah, from Skyrim. Fuck Alduin. I can never beat him. Nice. What's this guy? That's him right there, bro. That's sick, bro. That's sick as I fuck, bro. I Alduin, bro. Yeah, Alduin's a shit. Alduin talks like a bitch. Oh, he talks like a bitch. No, he talks sick as fuck. Look at him, bro. Look at him. Hey, who won? Alduin or Smog? Smog, bro. Smog can suck my dick. He ain't winning, bro. Smog. Fucking Alduin loses to a man. He's not a man. A dragonborn? Yeah. He's a man, though. No. Or, mm-hmm. or, or he loses to a character. Actually, go on, bro. Go on. Anyways, I'm trying to start a fight here. Didn't work out so well. So our first ace dragon is called Fu Sang Long. There's not much to these fallen hurt. three dragons other than what they're meant to do or what they're meant for. And these dragons are those that are protectors and revered as holy or harmonious. And so this Chinese dragon known as Fu Song Long is a protector of buried treasures, both natural and man-made. Mm. And it says that volcanoes burst from their ground as a signal that the Fu Song Long is reporting to the heavens. It's also said that the, whole, the dragon holds a pearl that is said to be the most precious treasure of the world. And then moving on to Korea now, we have the Emogi. The Emogi is a Korean dragon that's similar in style to a Chinese dragon, but usually doesn't have limbs. And it's most resembled to some sort of sea serpent, especially because the Emogi is mostly known for living in the rivers and caves. The Emogi are also known as lesser dragons that um, full dragons or quote unquote are considered like fully enhanced dragons has started off as an Emogi first. Ah. The legend states that the origin of the Emogi came from the sun god giving the power of the emogi to a girl that when she turned 17 will be able to transform to an emogi herself and she's allowed to transform back and forth from dragon to to human and the way that you would distinguish this girl is that she has a tattoo of a dragon on her shoulder the girl with the dragon tattoo there you go she's an emogi and last but not least i know you're saying emogi yeah I keep thinking Bulgogi. I'm hungry. I like it tired. I don't know. Bulgogi emoji. Bulgogi emoji. Bulgogi emoji. All the gogis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we have an Indian giant by the name of Naga. Naga? Whoa. 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 You said Naga? Be careful. Naga. Be careful with your enunciation, bro. This, N- is, this, is, getting, this is getting real bad for all of us. N-A-G-A. Oh. Naga. I'm not... I'm just, I'm saying out of this one. Yeah, I thought you were going to so, say cheeks. So that was a hold up, hold up. Tu nalga. <laughs> In Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism, a member of the class of mythical semi-divine beings is this form called the Naga, which is half human <laughs> and half cobra. I can't take that term serious, bro. I just can't. They're considered strong, handsome species who can assume either a wholly human body or wholly serpent form that are potentially dangerous, but also beneficial, considered beneficial to humans. They live in this underground kingdom called the Naga Loka or the Patala Loka, which are filled with palaces, beautiful ornaments, lots of treasures, all that good stuff. And so the 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 tale of the Naga 
is that their creator, uh, called Brahma, mm-hmm. regulated the Nagas to either regions and became too populous on Earth. So there's too many of them. They're like, no, we don't. <laughs> yes, there's too many Nagas. <laughs> this bro. guy, bro. When you I said was, regulating say, Naga, he, he thought they were regulating them cheeks. Yeah, bro, there's a lot of cheeks on Earth. <laughs> We got too many cheeks, bro. <laughs> too many cheeks, okay, bro. So there's a lot of of these dragons on Earth. Yeah. And commanded them to buy only truly evil or those are destined to die prematurely. Shit. And so he had them do that in order to ex- basically exterminate a lot of them. And they're also associated with the waters and rivers and lakes and seas, much like their their the Korean and Chinese counterparts. And they mentioned that there's basically three types or three main types of of these dragons, the Nagas, which is uh, the Narayana, um, which lies in the cosmos of the oceans and on whom created the world's rest. There's the Vasuki, who is used as a turning rope to turn the cosmic ocean milk. And then there's the uh, Takshaka, which is the tribal chief of the snakes. Mm. And in modern Hinduism, the birth of these serpents is celebrated by the Naga Panchami, which is in the month of uh, between July and August. Um, and last but not least, in Buddhism, the Nagas are often represented as the door guardians or in Tibet as a minor gods. And the Naga king, Muchalinda, who sheltered in Buddha from rain for seven days while well, he was in deep meditation. And it's beautifully depicted in the 9th to 13th century between uh by Mon Kelmer Buddhas of what is now Thailand and Cambodia. And in Jainism, the Tirshakara, which is a savior, is always shown in the canopy of Naga hoods above the head. So basically, this is a very, very, very holy dragon hmm. that is represented in a lot of temples, uh, which is part of, uh, of their holy traditions. And it's even celebrated uh, between, what is it, July and... July between July and August. Nice. Yeah. So all in all, European dragons, kill them. Asian dragons, don't kill them. Praise them. Praise them. Okay. And that is my segment on the main differences between how dragons are perceived in Western versus Eastern cultures. Mm. All right. Yeah, praise them. Not like I, I mean, not like <laughs> say what? So, let's begin and let's talk about myth versus history when it comes to dragons. So, here's a quote pulled from my source for today's episode. An amazing, amazing book called Flying Serpents and Dragons, The Story of Mankind's Reptilian Past. Mm. There is an area of activity which man shares with no other creature on Earth. This is the recording of memory and maintaining of chronicles. In this way, man is able to transfer short-term memory into long-term memory and thus learn from the passage of the time beyond the limits of one's lifetime. Man is the only living creature to experience history, for it is his ability to record memory and to transmit memory from generation to generation, which then creates history. And I quote all that just to say that for today's episode, When I mean history, I'm going to be talking about only documented facts, such as names, battles, treaties, events, things of that nature. While myth, I'm going to stick to to only the realm of fantasy, like poetry and fiction, for example. Mm -hmm. So, 
Let's start at the very beginning. And I mean the very beginning, the Garden of Eden. Oh, shit. Whoa. So we, so we all know about the Garden of Eden, right? But just in case you don't, the Garden of Eden is the Bible's version of paradise, the Christian Bible's version of paradise, mm-hmm. yep, 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 which yep. is where the first man and woman lived, Adam and Eve, before, the, before God kicked both of them out for eating his apples. God forbid Adam to eat from the tree of knowledge, and Eve was created from his rib. Then one day, this fucking hissing bastard of a serpent came out of practically nowhere with his H-ch. And tempted Eve to take from the tree of knowledge. He, gave he, him the he hit him with the H. H. And that's the gist of it, right? That's a big no-no, bro. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, did anyone, did you guys specifically, did you guys ever wonder why the serpent was there in the fucking first place? This what? is paradise. What the fuck is this piece of shit doing here? Why was the slithering fuck just allowed to roam paradise? Well, that's because, according to the book of Genesis... And other documents, way before Adam and Eve, the serpent lived in the garden and was basically the maintenance guy for paradise. Was a maintenance guy? If a was tree, a janitor? If a tree was dying, he was his job to go take it down and break it down. If something was going on, that was his job. Keep paradise looking like, like paradise. paradise. Yeah, yeah. Ancient Jewish legends describe the serpent to looking and talking like a man was never a slithering piece of shit. In the Jewish text, the Haggadah, specifically the part that deals with the creation of man and, and all that other yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. there, they depict the ser- there they depict the serpent as being able to stand on two feet and was as tall as a camel. Oh, fuck. God spoke to the serpent. I created you to be king over all the animals. I created you to be of an upright position. So even God said, I created you to walk on two fucking feet. So then that's when his punishment came. And in the book of Genesis, his fate became that from that point forward, he was to crawl on his belly. That was his punishment, Mm -hmm. which implies that before this, he was a walking legged creature. Yep. 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 So remember it's in the Jewish Haggadah where they mentioned the serpent walked and talked like a man. In the book of Genesis, however, there is no mention of this directly. Nowhere in the Bible do they mention anything about the serpent not being a serpent. Only the implication that I just mentioned. Another cool and morbid thing about the book of Genesis, before I move on, it states that when Adam and Eve were kicked out of paradise, they wore quote-unquote shirts of skin. Shirts of skin? Shirts of skin. But at this point, Adam and Eve... They were vegetarian, and they were not allowed to eat meat, which means that the skin they wore belonged to the serpent. Oh! The more you know. They wear that Gucci. So now that we understand the references to kind of how the Bible references dragons early on, they never mentioned dragons. It's always the serpent or like it once walked. They never specifically mentioned dragon. I'm going to mm. get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. References to them are still found here and there. Now, let's talk about the winged dragons in the Garden of Eden. So in the book called The Apocalypse of Abraham, specifically the Slavic version of it, references to dragons, they weren't taken out of it. They were left. They were left in the scriptures. And they clearly talk about the serpent that tempted Adam and Eve 
and they talked and they um talk about him as a dragon. And they were standing under a tree in Eden, and the fruit of the tree was like the appearance of a bunch of grapes on the vine. And behind the tree was standing something, a dragon, but having hands and feet, just like man's. On his back, six wings on the right and six wings on the left. Whoa. He was holding the grapes of the tree and feeding them to the two I saw entwined with each other. So he was the dragon was feeding the apples to Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. In another scripture called the Testament of Solomon, which the Greek version only mentions, it describes how a dragon interferes with the construction of a temple. And this is how it goes. A wallowing dragon having the limbs of dragon and wings on its back, the face and feet of a man, its fiery breath burned up all the wood to be used in the building of a temple. It also set forests, it also set fire to the forest of Lebanon. Solomon subdued it and put it to work, cutting stone for the temple. So in this fucking story, there's this sad dragon that's sad for no fucking reason, but it's just fucking with this fucking with Solomon yeah. trying to build this temple in the in, in Jerusalem. So Solomon's building it up, building it up, the dragon keeps coming it up and fucking flaming it up. But the dragon realizes that every time he burns it down, Solomon and his people just go to the fire and get more wood. So the dragon's like, you know what? I was going to burn the whole fucking forest down. And he burns the whole forest down. But before he burns it all down, Solomon not only ends up beating the shit out of the dragon and capturing him, but he puts him to work on building the fucking temple. And he puts him to work by cutting stone for the temple. He's like, all right, motherfucker. So we can't use wood. We're going to use stone. Now start cutting. So a dick ton of the angels of the Old Testament were winged. A A dick ton. That is the me- that that is the form of measurement here that we use in the weird history of retails pod. A dick ton. Yeah. You use it too? I do. Okay. So, right, we all know that a dick ton of the angels that we every time we see angels we hear about angels, they're always winged. They always have wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Especially when we talk about the sheriffs and the seraphs, which I'm gonna mention a little later. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the seraph or the seraphim, if you're talking about plural which were the big dicks when it came to, like, the angelic hierarchy. Like, there's levels to to, to being an angel, you know what I mean? It's not like an angel, like, you're the shit. No, no, no. Yeah. There's there's levels to this shit. And the seraphim, or the seraph, same thing, uh-huh. that's the big dick. That's the motherfuckers on top. Big dick energy. Right? They're almost always described as being dragons. Damn. What? Outside of the Christian Bible. But even in the Bible... We have the best-known dragon that is known throughout all holy scriptures, and it's found in the book of Revelation. So the Bible does mention one dragon, and it mentions it outright. It's where the dragon represents evil and the great Satan. It's referred to as the great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and a long tail. If you want to see what this red dragon looks like, go to our Instagram. Weird History, Evie Tells Pod. That's the dragon that, that... Swole Arnold Schwarzenegger looking ass dragon. That's the red dragon that the Christian Bible talks about. Beastly. So, like I mentioned, outright references to serpent god ancestors have been almost taken out completely through decades and decades and centuries of select editing. So, when reading the Bible, they tell us. 
You're supposed to take everything almost always literal. It is the word of God, right? The words in here are the words of God, so you're always supposed to take them literal. That's what they always tell us. Mm -hmm. The words, the words of God. But when it comes to a few things, such as the mention of winged servants, I mean serpents, dragons, that's when we're supposed to be taking. That's when we're. That's when those are supposed to be taken allegorically, allegorical. Like figuratively. There's supposed to be stories interpreted, you know, to have a hidden meaning. Then there are important stories with direct mentions of dragons that are too important to just edit out. That eventually, after years of trying to figure out about what to do about them, they kind of just forgot. Hmm. So, like the story of the prophet Moses and his fucking dragon. You got no dragon, motherfucker. No, the, I said the prophet Moses. Not the badass. Moses. Trash ass. <laughs> fucking Dickless, right? Fucking, keep going. Archie, help me out here. I'm good. Help me out. <laughs> fucking help me out, son. All right, you friendless. You dug yourself in this hole. Keep going. So bitch ass, <laughs> so, petty ass. So this, okay, Karen. So this dusty hero of a man. Dust. We all know he's dusty. He traveled. He fucking he, traveled the fucking desert for like forty years. You just don't call someone dusty like that. He's a hero. A dusty hero. He's That's what I said. The, the dusty hero. Are, are you saying it in a in a literal sense or allegoric sense? Both. Okay. No, literal. He. <laughs> so this dusty hero of a man, he traveled with a dragon after him and his people's exodus from Egypt. So the story goes that during his second year, this is the second year in of his forty year trip to the promised land. Second year in, they had a skirmish with King Arad in the Negev. He had, they were crossing the land of Negev, and then they had a skirmish with the king. They won. And this is where Moses' dragon comes into play. Oh, shit. Right? And, I'm, and this is word for word. What happened? What happened? What went down? Ooh. Right? Get your popcorn. Oh, no. I hope I don't fall. So after the fucking fight, the Israelites, they were getting tired of Moses and God's shit. They were out here fighting in the desert after getting kicked out of their homeland. Everyone was just walking and talking out of their dusty assholes. Just mad as fuck. Why did you make us leave (laughs) Egypt for us to die out here? There's no bread. There's no water. This manna tastes like dick. Manna is this miracle food that God gave them to survive on. Uh Uh-huh. Because obviously you're not gonna be able to travel 40 years to the desert, yeah, so yeah. God gave him some fucking gave him manna, which is the fucking here's some grub. Yeah, so they're like, dude, there's no water, there's no bread. This manna tastes like dick. We should have just looked for the feeding stones. Blah 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 blah. So God, He heard all of this, and being afraid that Moses was losing control, He sent over one of his flunkies, a seraph. And as soon as the seraph got there. It started biting the fuck out of anyone that complained, instantly killing them. Started biting them. Started just biting. Just God's like, you're like you, Moses. I, you're my man, but you're kind of losing it out there. I'm you send you some. I'm gonna send you an assistant coach and send the seraph, which is this fucking huge dragon. Yeah. So this huge dragon was just roaming with Moses, and every time someone complained, the dragon would just come <laughs> down, hey, bite yo, them, and just fucking pr- kill them. <laughs> to no one's surprise. The was like, hey, Moses, want to take care of him? I can take care of him right now. If you want to? You know what? I'm going to take care of him. No, back. like, Moses, Moses, <laughs> Moses was just like, what the fuck? 
He didn't say nothing. God, God sent him. You know, it's God's will. So to no one's surprise. Well, it's like I ain't talking shit. These talking no shit. Well, the Israelites they were talking shit about Moses and God. Yeah. Right. So the Israelites they came to Moses one day, and they were all like, "Yo, son, we was just playing. <laughs> it was just jokes." <laughs> You know how we are. Yeah, you know how. Like, like, bro. Stop killing us, motherfucker. He's they're like, bro, we didn't mean it. You know, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, just we, we just gotten, we just finished catching fades. The sand's in our eyes. This man, a dude tastes like dick, though. Bro, like, our bad, bro. But, like. See, the service in the back, this like. Shit, this shit's black. Oh. The service flying in the side eyes. And they're just, they're just like, look. I don't worry, motherfucker. They're like, look, our bad, bro. But can, like, you know, can you do us a favor and, like, talk to God and shit. You know, let them know, you know, that we don't really need the dragon. Like, we get it. Like we get it, there are we got the point. Like we get it, there are two million of us, and there's only one of you. But like, we're already worried. How there's no waters, no bread. You know, we're worried about not trying to die because of this heat. And on top of that, now you have us worrying about this fucking fire breathing. Come on, dog, do us this favor. We promise, if you talk to God, we promise we'll be good. So Moses, being the good guy that he was, was like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And he went to God. Hey, remember, this is word for word. word for word. This is word for word. It's true shit. This is holy scripture. Holy. So he went. So Moses <laughs> went to God. Hey, bro. Hey, hold, hold on. If the Bible was written like this, I'll read the fuck out of that shit, bro. I'd be a prophet. Oh, shit. <laughs> word so, for say word. no more, motherfucker. So, word for so, word. So, so like, look. All right, Bible you know studies? What? Shit. Count me in, motherfucker. So he was so Moses like, all right, you know what? I'll see what I can do. Let all me right. go talk to the big guy. All right. All right. And then let me tell him what was going on. And he did. And God was like, the fuck you want me to do? That's a fucking dragon. <laughs> so he's like, all right, but look, you could try this. Make a figure of the seraph, like a little toy figure, and put it on the end of a thick branch. And the next time that that winged death trap bites someone, just have them look at the staff and bam, they'll be good. I can't do nothing about the dragon, but I can stop them from dying. That's the best I can do. Moses, all right, I'll accept it. And that staff that Moses carried was a staff with the staff on What? Right? Again, those weren't my words. Quoted that story word for word from the original source. Word original word. source. You know? And this became... First edition. This became known as Moses' seraph, which, as you can tell, had healing powers. Eventually, it became had healing powers. Yeah. Drag your bit someone. You're not dying. Just look at the stick. Look at the stick. You're fine. <laughs> look at it. Right? Which is something that comes up again and again with the flying serpents in these biblical stories. Oh. Another cool thing about this whole Moses Seraph thing is that obviously we know that Moses was Jewish. But did you know that the Hebrew word for Seraph literally means flying serpent? And not only that, but in the story that I just quoted word for word and did not add anything to, the land of Negeb, the one that they all caught fate on. Uh-huh. That's known as the land of the serpent people, which are known to be, which are thought of to be the descendants of the Nephilim, which are the huge humans that came from heaven or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the word seraph, that word specifically, seraph, has kicked so many biblical translators in the fucking dick for centuries mm. because its translation literally means fiery serpent. Like, how do you explain that? 
Exactly. Uh, but in many religious texts, many times they just don't even translate the word. They just say seraph and they and it just means angel. Yeah. Especially in the King in the King James Bible, the Bible that we just Catholics and Christians, you know, have in our homes. Because the fiery serpent does not fit into any narrative that the Bible wants to tell or sell. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they could say that could try to convince someone. Yes, this fire-breathing snake, the one that looks like the devil, he's actually, you know, he's he's, he's from God. He's God's boy. It's not going to work. So they yeah. just don't even mention it. They're like, look, let's just call it the seraph. And seraphs are angels. Let's just leave it at that. And when we mention angels, they doctrinated Catholics and Christians. And when you think of an angel, you think of the little babies and pampers and the fucking wings. Yeah. The seraphim, along with the cherubim, they are actually the guardians of the heavenly throne. Hmm. These dragon creatures, these all these dragons are the actual guardians of the heavenly throne. Mm-hmm. Ancient texts, such as the Hebrew apocalypse of Enoch... Describe the heavenly throne where there are four seraphim, winged angels who guard the throne. And it goes like this. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and with the two he flew. So early Hebrews, they did not differentiate between flying serpent, seraphim, and angels. To them, it's all the same thing. Guardians of the Holy Throne. There are Gnostic texts that reference over and over and over again the seraphim as quote-unquote dragon-shaped angels who were guardians of the heavens. So there are holy texts that actually mention the seraphim and actually mention angels as being fucking dragons. So at the top of the episode, I mentioned that dragons are literally in every civilization that has been known to man. The Greeks and the Romans had their fair share of dragons, with Hercules being the most popular Greek god having to fight a dragon. The ancient Egyptians, these motherfuckers, they had a love-hate relationship with the dragons. And I mentioned motherfuckers not as a derogatory term, but like the ancient Egyptians are involved in fucking everything. Yep, yep. Right? So in the Old and Middle Kingdom, the dragon to Egyptian was seen as a figure of immortality, something that they could worship. Mm-hmm. Then around the 18th century, they switched it up on the dragon, and then it was just seen as a harbinger of evil. Yep. But no other civilization is as unanimous with dragons as like the United States is with mass shootings and diabetes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the Chinese. Damn, didn't expect that. Ouch. So let's talk. Right? So you're we, right, you're right, you're right, you're right, right. you're right. So we're back to normal? Yeah, mass shootings are happening? Yeah, bro, we're back to normal. We're back to normal. <laughs> Shit, America's up, motherfucker. It's... Bro, watch out with the IMAX there, bro. Shit. Why you gotta say that? <laughs> <laughs> now now he's not excited. <laughs> I'm gonna take my fucking... <laughs> He's gonna take his vest. What? Well, what are you gonna take? You got nothing to take. What? I'm gonna take an extra sweater. <laughs> I'm gonna take an extra. What is that extra? So, unlike our greedy Western dragons that are almost Cushing the bow, always greedy evil bastards. Yeah, yeah. The Chinese dragon, like I you mentioned, mm-hmm. is a friendly one. Oh, how friendly, bro! Dragonite friendly. The dragon 
is so balls deep in ancient Chinese culture that they have groups in which dragons belong to. They have so many dragons, they have to create groups to yeah. see which groups each certain dragons belong to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And here are the four main groups. Right. The celestial dragon first. Oh, These dragons are the celestial guardians of China. They live in the heavens and they are in charge of keeping the cosmic order of things. You know, they're there to prevent catastrophes and things of that nature. Then we have the dragons of hidden treasures, which Ashi mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These underground dragons are in charge of all the jewels and metals buried in the earth. Each of these dragons has a jewel under their chin. And whatever that jewel touches, that it would multiply that specific object. Mm-hmm. And that jewel is also known as the Pearl of Wisdom. Then we have the earth and river dragons. These dragons are in charge of making sure that rivers run where they're supposed to. They regulate their flow and maintain their bank. It's basically their job to prevent the rivers from floating, from flooding. And then we have the spiritual dragon, also known as the weather dragon. These dragons, they stay in the sky and are the same color hue of blue as the sky. Mm. And these dragons are in charge of the winds, clouds, and the rains. So those are the four groups. Today's the forecast. Dragons. Dragon. Dick. Another. Dragon dick? Not just dick. All, all types of dick. Your choice. You think dragons have big dicks? They have to, bro. Yeah, bro. They have to. They're packing. It's just it's camouflaging with their whole fucking bro, scale, bro. The, their tail is a dick. Just so where does the tail end and where does the body begin? They're just a giant floating dick. They use them. The whole they, they themselves can be used. As, anyway, all right. So <laughs> they are a dick, bro. Another cool thing about the Chinese culture <laughs> is that according to their history, <laughs> try to move on for it. Okay. The first humans. Said, it was too creepy. The first humans were believed to have been created by the goddess Nikwa, who was half mortal. Uh huh. And half fucking dragon. Whoa. You just want to see what she looks like on her Instagram for history. You ever tell spot. Is she a dragonborn? No, she's literally half a dragon. <clears throat> like she's like Physically. Half, like yeah. top half? Yeah. Think or of a centaur. Half. Well, I mean, there's both. There's different versions of her. Sometimes she's, all, so sometimes she's just side? a serpent with a human's face. But the one I posted, she's like her upper torso is human and the tail is dragon. Mm-hmm. Or serpent. Yeah. Like the Chinese dragon is. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, we all know about the signs of the Chinese Zodiac, right? We have the rat, the ox, the tiger, the cock, the dog, the pig, and the dragon. What do you guess? Right? What are you? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it really depends on the year, the yeah. month, the date. So It's a year. I'm a, oh, Well, it goes more into death as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a monkey. Technically, I'm a cock. There's no monkey. There's a monkey. No, I just mentioned there's no monkey, bro. You're my, talking about the my word is law. I Chinese, the Chinese New Year, right? The yeah, yeah. Nope. Yeah. 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 Nope. He's like, nope. I don't know what the fuck you are. It's here. not on this text, <laughs> on, which so, means on paper. Let me ask you guys a question. All right, all right. Answer. That's right. So the rat, the ox, the tiger, the cock, the dog, the pig, and the dragon. Five points to anyone who could tell me what do all the signs, except for the dragon. Have in common. What do all the signs except for the dragon have in common? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Of all these animals, the dragon 
is the only one that is not encountered today. The ox, the rat, the tiger, the cock, the dog, the pig. You could all find those animals in the wild. Which suggests that when the Zodiac was formed. There was a dragon. Which was 3,000 years before fucking Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Dragons actually existed. So according to Chinese history, Asian dragons were present at the creation and shared the world with man. Yeah, according to Google, 12 zodiac signs were Chinese, rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, sheep, monkey. That's wrong. Rooster, dog, pig, and dick. So, uh, Suck a dick, Moses. So according to Chinese history, <laughs> according to my Chinese history, <laughs> according to the real Chinese history, Asian dragons were present at the creation and shared the world with man. Mm. The dragon was responsible for us from being simple monkeys, creating tools with our thumbs up our butts, to us being sophisticated monkeys, creating tools to stick up our butts. The dragons taught us how to make fire, how to weave nets for fishing, how to make music, and how to properly use our opposable thumbs for things other than sticking them up our butts. So, with all of that, everything that we talked about today, I'm going to give you guys the logical conclusion. The logical conclusion? Oh, shit. Okay. So, before we end this episode, let's, let's talk about the logical conclusion, the logical conclusions we have when it comes to our amazing fire breathing dragons. Okay, okay. The first dragons, mm-hmm. they were fucking real. Dragons are real, huh? How are you going to say they were not real? The dragons was known universally, known through all, all cultures. All cultures, they drew dragons. They all drew them exactly the fucking same. And this is before Discords and the game Elder Scrolls. <laughs> you can't tell me other. Like, Best fucking middle, like, Mexican Aztecs had the dragons. Okay. The fucking f- Egyptians had the dragons. Mm-hmm. The Chinese had the dragons. Mm-hmm. The Germans, they all looked alike. They, they had no internet. There was no WhatsApp. There was no Instagram. There were no hashtags. Second, dragons are di- are not dinosaurs. Fuck you. Dragons are not dinosaurs. Dragons are real. And finally, we are for sure of reptilian origin. Oh, God. Over the world, all over the world, man, we have depictions, flying <coughs> reptiles, breathing fucking We, we fire, usually have like a, if there's anything else for anyone clear. to say, hey, he wants but, to but he's not going to shut the fuck up. So I think we should close up the episode. Uh, by all means, please yeah. close that. So please go ahead and add us on Weird History You Tells Pod on Instagram. Check. He does it too much. Too much. Too much. They all say their origins. He won't change. Shut the fuck up. Let's go ahead and end this episode. This is episode 101. Thank you guys. Go ahead and add us. Like, comment, subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode. Hopefully, Moses is going to another rant like this. But I'm pretty sure on the next episode, he's going to continue on with this. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go ahead. All right. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the episode. And shut the fuck up. We're going to stop now before it freaking goes on.